Datadog is a SaaS cloud monitoring and security platform that enables full-stack observability for modern infrastructure and applications at any scale, providing teams dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, infrastructure monitoring, UX monitoring, security monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform, plus 450-plus out-of-the-box integrations with technologies including cloud providers, databases, and web servers. Aggregate all your data into one platform for seamless correlation, enabling teams to troubleshoot and collaborate together in one place, preventing downtime and enhancing performance and reliability. Get started with a free 14-day trial by visiting datadog.com slash cloudcast. That's datadog.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, middle of August 2022. Hope everybody is doing well. We continue to move on through the year. We're getting uh, close to the, the end of summer. Uh, days are starting to get just a little bit shorter. And uh, But anyways, hope everybody's doing well. Um, for anybody who has, uh, has been asking or, or sort of paying attention, Aaron is doing much better. He's over his COVID and some of the other uh, secondary effects that he had from COVID, but uh, you know, stay safe out there, everybody. The the stuff is still floating around. It still will catch up to you. We've had a few folks, uh, friends and family, who have gotten it as well. So um, we're not completely through the woods, but uh, you know, stay safe, get vaccinated, do all the things you can to uh, you know keep yourself safe. Because uh, I know a lot of folks are planning to uh, try and attend events here in the fall. Uh, hopefully, we get a chance to see a lot of people. Anyways, uh, Sunday Perspective show. Excited to do another Sunday Perspective. And I read an interesting article this week um, that was called Software is No Longer Eating the World. And, you know, kind of interesting, provocative title. Um, we are now uh, a dozen years, well, 11 years since the uh, the famous Mark Andreessen article in the Wall Street Journal called Software is Eating the World. And, um, you know, it was sort of, it was an interesting article. I'll, you know, I put a link to it in the show notes. Basically, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think it, it sort of ties together two things. One, um, you know, the, the, the premise of it is essentially you know, software has been eating the world quite a bit for the last uh, decade or so. Um, and, you know, this was sort of coming from a Silicon Valley specific perspective, but, um, you know, maybe maybe all that eating is done. And I thought what I would do is, is sort of dig into that a little bit. I, I think, um, you know, if you're if you're in the Valley and you're, you're, you're hearing things like Google's laying off some people or Facebook's laying off some people or the economy's getting a little tighter or VCs aren't, you know, dumping crazy amounts of money into the economy, um, it probably could feel like, uh, you know, sort of a, one of these one of these situations in which, um, you know, a lot of things are going on. I, you know, having lived through a couple of previous crashes, uh, I don't know that this one feels exactly the same. Although we'll we'll see, uh, you know, future will will tell and, and time will tell. Um, we're definitely going to go through some bumpy patches, and we'll see interest rates rise and and other things like that around the globe. But um, yeah, I want to dive a little bit into this this premise that, that software is no longer eating the world. Um, I think if we really sort of dig into it, and we'll, we'll get into it much more after the break. But uh, you know, I think there's there's quite a bit more eating. There's quite a bit more left on the table. Some scraps, some some uh, uh, leftovers, some second courses, all sorts of things. So we're going to get kind of kind of dig into that right after the break. Today's show is sponsored by Cloud Zero. For software-driven companies focused on growing margins, CloudZero is the only cloud cost intelligence platform that puts engineering in control by connecting technical decisions to business results. By analyzing cloud services like AWS and Snowflake, CloudZero provides real-time cost insights that help you maximize margins. Engineering teams can answer critical questions like, who are my most expensive customers? How much does this specific feature cost our business? What's the cost impact of re-architecting this application? 
with cost anomaly alerts via Slack, product-specific data views, and granular engineering context that makes it easy to investigate any cost, CloudZero is your complete cloud cost intelligence platform, connecting the dots between high-level trends and individual line items. Join companies like Drift, Rabbit7, and SeatGeek by visiting cloudzero.com slash cloudcast to get started today. That's cloudzero.com slash cloudcast. Today's show is sponsored by Lightstep Incident Response. Built on the ServiceNow platform used by over 6,000 companies worldwide, Lightstep Incident Response allows you to scale your incident response team without adding to your monthly bill. With intelligent on-call scheduling and escalations, you get the full context of your service health. Lightstep Incident Response immediately pinpoints issues and uses machine learning to send group text, reducing your time to respond. And you can seamlessly orchestrate alert and incident triage with on-call scheduling across Slack, Teams, Zoom, desktop, and mobile. So get started today with a free 30-day trial of Lightstep Incident Response by visiting lightstep.com slash cloudcast. That's lightstep.com slash cloudcast. And get a free t-shirt after your first alert or incident. And we're back. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, you know, there's an interesting article. It's a link to it in the show notes called Software is No Longer Eating the World. And I thought I would do is sort of dig into this in a couple of different ways. First, you know, how, how did software go about eating the world? What, did, what, you know, what drove this phenomenon over the last 11 years or so forth? And then, you know, kind of are we seeing a resurgence of, uh, you know, the incumbents, the ones who had been disrupted, uh, kind of making a second run at, uh, you know, leveraging many of the, the same approaches that disrupted them previously, um, kind of turning the table. So I want to kind of dig into that as well. But first, let's talk a little bit about how, how software did end up eating the world or, or became this sort of phenomenon. I think it really boils down to, to a couple of things. You know, first and foremost, we had uh, a decade of projects that spun out of the big cloud companies, whether it was, you know, Google or Twitter or uh, LinkedIn or, you know, a whole lot of other companies. You know, we saw just tons and tons of, of companies spin out or open source projects that spun out. And, you know, so many of those founders were ex-Google, ex-Twitter, ex-Facebook, ex, um, you know, all these sort of big companies. And, you know, a lot of a lot of VC funding uh, poured into that. Um, a lot of, you know, foundation work, the CNCF, all those sort of things, you know, really came out of this. So, you know, we saw a huge amount of, of interesting innovation that was locked up within the cloud providers kind of be exposed to the rest of the world. And, you know, in some cases, uh, these became cloud services that you could easily consume, you know, a Kafka or a Kubernetes or something like that. In other cases, um, you know, they were, uh, you, know, tra- you know, trying to disrupt, you know, things like IT and other stuff. The second thing that happened was obviously, and, and we've used this joke before, um, you know, every every mobile app, every startup that was out there was basically trying to uh, replicate through software, through mobile phone, through social networks, through various things, uh, the gig economy, um, you know, trying to replicate the things that your mom used to do for you. So whether that was, um, you know, ride sharing, you know, ride, giving you a ride somewhere, having your groceries delivered, making your meals, walking your dog, um, you know, being able to hire out for somebody to go pick up your laundry, whatever those things were, you know, we had a huge... Uh, explosion of those types of things happening. Um, and then obviously we had a, you know, we had a decade plus of, you know, sort of growth economy, right? Low interest rates, um, lots and lots of VC funding, some crazy VC funding, um, you know, lots of acquisitions happening. So, you know, we've had a very, very explosive period of time. And the other thing that happened was, you know, 
we've had this explosion through things like social media and, you know, the power of computing in your pocket um, that a lot of business models, uh, because of the internet, because of, um, you know, some various things happening, uh, you know, a lot of those things sort of coming together, um, we saw, you know, just a massive, massive disruption of business models, right? We saw, you know, the taxi industry and we saw the media industry and we've seen, um, you know, electric cars and, and all sorts of stuff that were very software centric, um, you know, tons and tons of financial services applications that are trying to disrupt the big banks, whether it's Venmo or Cash App or, you know, a hundred others that are out there. Um, you know, and we've seen this in, in all sorts of industries. Now, some industries are more protected or more entrenched in certain things, pharmaceuticals, um, you know, maybe it hasn't been as disrupted as much or oil and gas maybe hasn't been disrupted as much, but, um, you know, we've seen a lot, a lot of huge industries, um, you know, really kind of get disrupted. Now, you know, you could make the argument that, yeah, it's been, it's been a decade of, of a lot of things, um, you know, software at the center of disrupting those business models. But I think we're at a, we're at a stage now where if I think about, you know, are we really, uh, you know, at the end of software as in the world, I, I almost feel like there's a, there's a flipping that's happening. Um, yes, there's a, there's a huge stage of, we've, we've lived through the last decade and, and, you know, software has done a lot to, to disrupt business models, to create new business models, to, to connect people in ways that they never could before to expose data. Like we never had before, you know, a lot of transparency has happened, but I think we're beginning to see sort of the flip side of that, right? We're seeing incumbents who, you know, were disrupted to a certain extent are beginning to adopt new business models, right? We've seen uh, the entire entertainment industry move to streaming. We're seeing things like movies being released on streaming and online, you know, as the same day as in the theater, right? We're seeing electric cars not just be in the in the domain of Tesla. We're seeing every single major manufacturer from Ford to BMW to, to General Motors to, you know, Toyota to everybody making it a mainstream of what they do. Um, you know, and they're, they're coming out with very, very good quality, high quality vehicles that they can produce at very, very high scale. Um, you know, so we're seeing that sort of pushback. We're seeing analytics working its way into every aspect of our life from farming to sporting, to sports, to, uh, to gambling, to, you know, uh, personal finance, to all sorts of things, right? Like it's, it's really, really hard these days to not find anything where you can't dive into all sorts of analytics about whatever the industry is, whatever it is. So that's sort of come back, and a lot of these companies have have finally figured out, you know, how to work that into their product. Right? They got blindsided. Uh, let's not be, you know, let's let's not mess around. They they got blindsided for for quite a long time, uh, but they've finally figured out. And some of it is from the fact that they have now have access to a lot of the technologies that. Uh, you know, were difficult to get before. Um, they've got access to cloud computing. They've got access to uh, open source software. There are, you know, thousands and thousands of more people with skill sets that are available. Um, you know, more and more people don't necessarily want to live in Silicon Valley, right? We saw that phenomenon happen and with the COVID-19 thing and everything. So <clears throat> a lot of incumbents are starting to sort of make a push, um, starting to come back. We're seeing things like, you know, Disney Plus having, uh, you know, more subscribers now than Netflix. We're seeing, uh, you know, the automobile industry, um, you know, be able to produce as many or more electric vehicles as Tesla. And, you know, just things like that are starting to sort of come around. Um, I think the second part is, you know, many of the business models that were really, really disruptive um, were able to do that because, as we've mentioned on a lot of shows this year, um, they were funded by incredibly cheap capital, right? We saw things like Netflix basically outspending the entire uh, Hollywood industry. We saw, um, 
you know, Uber being able to go and break laws in all sorts of countries and do so because, um, you know, they had so much funding, they were able to sort of defend themselves with lawsuits. And we saw this in a number of things. And we're beginning to see some of those business models break down, right? We've seen uh, Uber have tremendously difficult times and hence not be able to offer cheap rides like they used to and be able to take market share like they used to. We're seeing uh, Netflix struggling and having to now move to an ads model. And we're seeing this in, you know, a number of areas where, the disruptive model that was able to to gain market share because they had access to so much cheap capital, um, you know, didn't turn a profit. You know, we're able to gain market share and gain tremendous brand awareness and so forth, but didn't always uh, turn that into <clears throat> viable business models. And they're beginning to struggle. And and now that capital is nowhere near as cheap as it was, um, they may continue to struggle. Right? We'll we'll see how they adapt and so forth. Now, the other thing we're starting to see is. You know, we saw the rise of, of huge monopolies, huge monopolies around advertising with Facebook and Google. We saw huge monopolies around, you know, social media or uh, retail or whatever. And we're beginning to see uh, some of the monopolies, um, you know, in this case, Apple uh, being able to, um, you know, leverage their monopoly to uh, disrupt some other monopolies. So we're seeing Apple be able to leverage their, you know, huge footprint in uh, smartphones and devices to be able to implement this new, uh, you know, sort of safety tracking, uh, ad tracking or turning off ad tracking and being able to take billions of dollars of revenue off of, uh, Google's and Facebook's and, and really disrupt their business. Um, so, you know, we're beginning to see, uh, you know, not just disruptive behavior, but monopolies disrupting monopolies, right? We're seeing TikTok uh, completely dismantle Facebook, where, you know, Facebook doesn't know what to do with themselves anymore. And they're trying to reinvent Instagram and, and other stuff like that. So, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of games still to be played uh, in, in this space. And in some cases, you can argue, well, you know, it's monopolies fighting with monopolies. I don't know that that's great. Yeah, that's a fair argument. Um, but we're not living completely in a world where everything is, uh, you know, the disruptors, the, 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 the small are, are completely, you know, Goliath is beating David or David's beating, David's beating Goliath. I guess that would be the analog. Um, you know, so we're seeing, we're seeing some, the, the winds shifting, the board shifting and so forth, you know, and then what often happens is when these things slow down. And I think this was a lot of what this article was about, you know, in technology, we sort of expect, we've come to expect that, well, when one trend tends to slow down, like the next trend will just be there. And, you know, we just sort of expect that somebody somewhere is going to invent the next trend. And, you know, I think we're now in a situation in which a lot of people are wondering what is going to be the next trend. Um, obviously, there was has been a lot of buzz. There was a lot of buzz around Web3 and crypto and metaverse and, you know, decentralized applications, decentralized ways of, um, you know, having identity and and cash, you know, and funding and and you know, sort of value floating around. Um, and those things are sort of going through a, a, a trough of disillusionment right now. Now we'll see if they pan out. We'll see if they turn out to be scams. We'll see if they turn out to be, uh, you know, only viable when, you know, it's nothing but hype and, and a lot of surplus funding and government funding pumped into the system for the last two years and super cheap capital and so forth. But, um, you know, Web3 is, is, is struggling. You know, things like, Things like Facebook, who who changed from Facebook to Meta because they wanted to make a huge bet on the metaverse, um, you know, and they talked about, well, this is going to be a $10 billion investment and it's going to take multiple years. Well, they just lost $10 billion in roughly, you know, the last six to 12 months 
uh, because of what Apple did to their ad business, you know, by basically turning off their ability to, to do targeted ads. So that'll be very interesting. You know, does that mean that, you know, Facebook uh, no longer has the funds to do meta, to do metaverse and so forth? Who knows, right? Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of those things are, we assume that certain trends are going to go on forever. Um, you know, for example, like we've been seeing the trend of cloud computing and, uh, you know, public clouds and the big three clouds continue to do well. Um, you know, the expectation is, is that will continue to, to do very well for, for a long period of time. It's, um, it's very mainstream. Um, it's very sticky business. It continues to grow, even though it's growing slightly slower, but at larger volume. So, um, you know, those things are profitable businesses, right? That's, that's what we often look for is, is not only growing businesses, but profitable business and obviously sustainable businesses. Um, you know, the other thing is, is I think we have to remember that, you know, software very much ate business models, software disrupted business models. You know, it, it allowed us to have information in our pocket, uh, infinite amount of access to data, um, infinite ability to, to interact with each other and, and all those sorts of things. Um, but it didn't necessarily disrupt everything. And I think sometimes we, we forget that, uh, hardware is, is about to go through yet another resurgence, right? Whether it's the things that Broadcom is going to be able to do in the enterprise space because they own VMware, whether it's what NVIDIA and, uh, TSMC and others are doing around manufacturing and GPUs and, um, all those sort of things. I think we're going to go through a massive, massive, um, you know, new era of, of hardware innovation, whether it's, uh, you know, VR goggles or something interesting, some sort of wearable from Apple or whatever those things might be, um, we will probably see a, a big hardware resurgence. You know, we tend to see this in, in trends. Software mm-hmm. takes off for a while, then hardware catches up, and then hardware introduces a whole bunch of new things, and then software takes off again, and, and we'll probably see that. So, you know, I think the last thing I'll sort of wrap up on, and, and this is sort of a short one, but, um, you know, everybody sort of wants to know what's next. And, you know, Web3 was sort of promised to be what's next. I think we figured out, at least in the early days of Web3, that Web3 is nowhere near as inclusive a technology, uh, as as stable a technology as Web2 has proven to be. Um, now, Web2 took a long time to, to sort of get to that stage, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got a long way to go if it's, if it's going to mature into anything. And, and so I think when we think about what's next, we all want to know what's next. Um, you know, I think the reality is I think Web2 in the way that we know it, in the way that businesses are, are, you know, are beginning to, uh, the incumbents, the, the enterprises are beginning to, you know, while they're laggards in some cases, beginning to leverage this technology, I think there's probably a whole nother cycle of Web2 that, that we're going to live through here. And it's going to come from, you know, a second generation of learnings. It's going to come from uh, more people knowing how to do these things. We're, we're seeing people from, you know, well, we just did a show this recently. I forget when it's going to publish, but, you know, we're seeing a whole generation of product managers from Amazon now working in other companies at AWS, working in other companies, right? We're going to see a second generation of people that had that first generation, uh, first one and a half generations of, of Web2 experience. Now going on to do that at banks, at car companies, at pharmaceutical companies, in the government, and in all sorts of ways that aren't just technology vendors and cloud providers. And I think we're gonna we're gonna see that for another probably five to eight years. I would guess five to five to yeah five to eight years or so. We're gonna see sort of you know web web two dot one web two dot two type of type of thing a second resurgence of that. So, um, anyways, uh, I'll, I'll sort of wrap it up with that. Keep this show s- sort of short for a Sunday perspective, but. Uh, yeah, it's a good article to take a look at. Um, you know, I think it it is always good whenever we see these inflection points to sort of wonder what's next, uh, to sort of look back and, and figure how we got there. And, um, you know, 10 years seems like a really long time. And then, you know, we look back 
And then you realize like it really wasn't that long and, and an amazing amount of stuff gets done in, in a decade uh, and, and how much it disrupts stuff. So take a look at the article. It's a really good article. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to sort of ponder now that, you know, the economy is a little different than it was, you know, three years ago, two years ago, whatever. Um, and maybe start to, to make your own predictions on where things are going. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you think your predictions are going to be for the next three, four years, five years. Um, you know, do you think software is still eating the world? Is there anything left? Uh, you know, is there is what's the next trend going to be? So shoot us a shoot us a you know a uh, an email uh, show at thecloudcast.net or send us a, a tweet at thecloudcast.net. Any way you want to get in touch with us. But anyways, with that, I'll wrap up. Gonna another Sunday perspective. Enjoyed spending some time with all of you. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we continue to be cranking out shows. We had a lot of really really good shows coming up for the fall. So look forward to that. And uh, with that, I'll wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for helping us grow the show. And and uh, if you get a chance, you know, give us a give us a, a rating on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you get your podcast. If you can just you know give us a rating, five stars is great. You know, if you're four stars, we think you're a hater, but that's okay. Um, but you know, give us some feedback. We'd love to know what you what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Um, you know, if you give us positive ratings, it helps it uh, it boosts the show and helps other new people find it. So we're always looking to to grow the community. So with that, wrap it up. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 